0: Hey there, I'm Mike. Some of you know me from the Twisted Cape. Some of you know me because this bitch got me paying her rent, paying for trips, diamonds on her neck, diamonds on her wrists. But regardless of how you know me, you know I love comics, and that's what we talk about on this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mike's Big Stack. Oh, hell yeah, my thickies. Welcome to the show, everyone. Recording as always at Thickness Central. Here we are in season three, episode nine of the show, and we're back on that weekly grind, boy. As always, we start with the city shout outs. What up to our friends in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Hey there in Hayward, California. Shout out to Los Angeles, California. Thanks for popping in. Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm pretty sure I know who that is. What's up, brother? Thanks for checking out the show. Council Bluffs, Iowa. Thanks for coming back, as always. Love seeing Knoxville, Tennessee on the list. Those are our good friends down there. And finally, love seeing Dublin, Ireland on the city shout-outs. That's just so cool. Thanks for listening, everyone, and coming back, as always. Now we're going to hop on over to Mike's Thicometer. Oh, yeah. Mike's So thick this week, I call it Thick Swartzen. This week clocks in at a 5 out of 10. Average thickness, but for some, that's just enough. Any more, and you have to pay extra. This week features 9 books. The stack yet again has a Marvel lean this week, so we're going to go ahead and start with the DC books, starting with Action Comics number 1045. Clark prepares for the end of the War World saga. I give this a 3 out of 10. Mongol destroyed the Citadel when Omak, Apollo, and Lightray moved on it, and all three have been corrupted or manipulated by Mongol. Superman's team starts to fray when they all say that they all have different priorities. Superman ends up agreeing with everyone and says that their priorities are all important. He divides his forces to hit multiple targets at once. Superman, meanwhile, chases a legend and comes across Bilo, the storyteller, who is waiting for them to come. Clark has to be proven worthy of being master of Warworld against a massive monster that Bilo transforms into. In the backup, the conduit steals the Genesis fragment from Steel and Lois. Lois calls John, Kara, Connor, and Kong Keenan to help run down the conduit. Pros are that it feels like the Warworld saga is coming to an end, and it looks like that end is going to be epic. Plus, I liked how Clark looked at a possible destructive situation as a leader and gave everyone what they needed. Cons, in addition to the backup story, are how Superman puts kids in danger. Come on, bro. You're basically depowered. Why are you doing this? Moving on to Detective Comics number 1062, Brand New Creative Team. I gave this a 3.75 out of 5. This is a much darker, more supernatural take on Batman. It starts at an opera, where Bruce isn't, but he's supposed to be, but that's because he's busy being Batman. He notices he's a little slower than normal when he takes down just some street-level thugs, when he's attacked by a zombified Bruno Moroni who wipes the floor with Batman a little until Talia shows up. They trade words ending with a warning that they're coming and Batman isn't prepared. We don't know who this day is quite yet. Bruce does some tests and calls Nightwing. They chat, and Bruce settles in, fixated on a box that the thieves were trying to keep safe. In an interlude, we get a look at what might be the Arkhams, who could be vampires? Not exactly sure, before Bruce has a nightmare about Barbatos. When he wakes, the box is revealed to be a music box. Kind of creepy. The backup is a story about Jim Gordon trying to find his place and then settling on helping Annie Redding, find her son he's in the old arkham asylum and it looks like something like possession or worse has happened to him pros are that i like the direction that this new team is going in they're leaning into a more supernatural direction which is a good time cons continue to be dc including backup stories while i'm interested in jim's story after the events of the joker they're just kind of frustrating and not as fleshed out as they probably deserve to be Now we have a look at Robin number 16, Lord Deathman Seeks Help. I give this a 3.25 out of 5. Damien has nightmares about his brother Respawn and then goes back to work on his little island of misfit toys. Lord Deathman makes a ton of noise as he's been chained up. Robin and Hawk sniff out a trap and Robin leaves Mara in charge of the island while he and Hawk actively go towards this trap. Once they get to Japan, they team up with Hiro and fight a ronin robot. Robin discovers that it's a front for the hideout Lord Deathman was using when he finds Flatline, who's kind of adopted Talia's look. She reveals that the trap was getting Robin and Hawk to leave the island. Back on the island, Lord Deathman is freed and subsequently kissed by a mother's soul, and if you're not aware, that's Damien's great-grandmother. Pros of the pacing of this title and how fun it gets to be despite taking place, partially anyway, in a place of healing. Cons are that... The cover is super misleading on this. Also, it felt like we took the long way around for no good reason. Finally, on the DC side, we have Task Force Z number 10 of 12, Bane isn't quite Bane. I give this a 3.25 out of five. Turns out the guy we all thought was Bane wasn't Bane. His death was faked, which helps the timeline of events from the Joker. Bloom bloviates a ton and then goes after Jason in his new headquarters. As their fight progresses, Bloom reveals that he had a way to take control of the reanimated corpses. Meanwhile, we learn that Two-Face has had dealings with Amanda Waller around the Lazarus Resin. Bloom reveals that Bane isn't Bane to Jason before he escapes with Delia and Copperhead. Turns out this Bane we've been seeing has been Gotham the whole time. Pros are how we were all duped. The feelings we and Jason had around Bane and what he did to Alfred were tough to deal with. Finding out that we had the old switcheroo was kind of fun. Cons are feeling the need for, for DC to continue to use Gotham and Gotham Girl in the DCU in general. Just unnecessary, in my opinion. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then jump to the Marvel books and take this thing on home. Stick around. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought maybe I should see what the Arkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at PlayComics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Hey everyone, Jesse here from the Twisted Cape. I wanted to take a minute to give a huge thank you to all of you that have supported us over the years, both here on Mike's Thick Stack and on the Twistcast. If you haven't already, you'd be doing us a huge favor by rating both shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you happen to be listening. And while you're dropping us that five-star rating, feel free to drop us a review letting us know what you like about the shows. Your feedback helps us to make the shows as fun as possible. All right, I've wasted enough of your time now. Back to the show. Yeah, we're back. Hopefully you enjoyed that little break. Now we're going to go ahead and jump into the Marvel books, starting with Amazing Spider-Man number six, a.k.a. Amazing Spider-Man number 900. This is a massively oversized milestone issue, and I gave it a 4.75 out of five. I don't know that you can overdo a love letter to a character, but it happens yet again in this issue, and that's not a bad thing. This story centers on the living brain however it also takes place on peter's birthday which is a surprise party that he's actually on time for jonah isn't present and they try to delay to no avail there are a lot of pete's friends here felicia flash mockingbird robbie anna maria and more jonah shows up but not how anyone expects wearing ox tentacles After a pair of abductions, Spidey ends up face-to-face with a super-adaptoid with the Sinister Six's powers and personalities. Spidey is knocked out and taken to the living brain who is trying to answer the question, Who is Spider-Man? As well as Spidey's friends and family. Spidey wakes up and starts to fight the adaptoid again when he gets it to chase him, allowing the friends and family to leave, and he comes across the actual Sinister Six who have been captured. He frees them and they team up, which is weird, to fight the Adaptoid. It's pretty incredible until the most predictable thing happens. They defeat the Adaptoid and turn on Spidey, who is trying to protect the living brain's consciousness. Ahk goes for the kill shot, but his tentacles express love towards Peter. The living brain gets the answer to his question as Spidey is prepared to give up his own life for the brain's. Living Brain takes the villains away, and Spidey shuts him down after promising to find him a place where he can be safe. But coincidentally, the Brain knows his secret identity. Spidey gets a nice birthday present at the end with a kiss from Felicia. Then there are three quick stories. One about Pete returning his library books, getting a <coughs> number from a librarian, hanging out with Jimmy Kimmel, and the Parker Luck during his high school days. Pros are how thick this book is. It's truly massive with so much content, and it's a love letter to an iconic character. He's fun and quippy, but also stalwart in his belief structure and defensive innocence. Cons are hard to find here. The creators on this book love Spidey clearly. However, continuity questions are the only thing for me keeping this from being a full-on five. Now we have a look at Captain America, Symbol of Truth number three. Sam talks to Doom and more. I gave this a three and a half out of five. Wade and Sam go to see Dr. Doom, and Sam tries his hand at diplomacy, which fails in a way, and Doom keeps Deadpool. Back in DC, Sam shares that there's a problem with Vibranium being stolen, and they try to make him do covert ops. Sam declines, opting to try direct diplomacy. Meanwhile, Joaquin rescues his cousin, realizing that people have been taken. She gets captured again, but on purpose this time, and Joaquin follows and gets kidnapped by Crossbones and crew. Sam tries to get some help from an old friend Cam, Sam and Cam, Sam and Cam, who, uh, Cam is in prison and gets more of the vibes that something is clearly up with Wakanda. Sam calls Shuri and Fallisade and warns them about the smuggling. They basically reject the idea of working together, causing Sam to attempt to go undercover and sign up for Wakandan citizenship. Pros are Sam getting his own mystery, but it's targeted in a way that socially and culturally speaks directly to me. Cons are that Deadpool being kept by Doom and Sam walking away feels kind of wrong, even if it is Deadpool. Now we have a look at Strange number four. Clea battles the Shadow Knight with her mom. I give this a 3.75 out of 5. Clea's mom shows up for dinner and they trade veiled insults while the blasphemy cartel sets up a shot. They attack, but they don't know what they've just done. Clea and Umar are both pissed. They send another resurrected character after her, this time Shadow Knight. Umar steps outside to deal with the cartel, while Clea fights Shadow Knight. While Umar viciously takes out the cartel outside, Clea whips up a spell that should take way longer and be way more difficult to get rid of Shadow Knight. But as she reminds us, she's quite gifted. As she dispatches Mark Specter's brother, Harvest Man shows up. Pros are how action-packed this issue was, as well as how much actual magic we get. I love stuff like this, and when you can't exploit it, do it. These are magicians and sorcerers after all. Cons for me start with there being no Moon Knight, especially when I thought he was 100% showing up. Also, I feel like we didn't quite get enough blasphemy Cartel motives in this book, but I'm sure it's coming. Jed has my faith. Last two books here, we have The Variance Number 2, Jess's Mystery Gets More Intense. I give this a 4.25 out of 5. The issue starts with Jess remembering a conversation that she had with Tigra, where Greer warns Jess about something being off with Hell's Kitchen. She kisses Jess and leaves, and then we get back to present-day stuff. There are three Jesses in her living room when Danny wakes up and comes to the room. Then Luke shows up. She passes out and has a disturbing nightmare or vision of Kilgrave, who asks if she's checked on Maria lately. She wakes up and finds out that Maria hung herself in a cell and left a note that said, Happy Anniversary. Upon learning this, Jess sends Luke and Danny away and goes to get some help, starting with Daredevil, who she kisses and makes moves on, but he stops it. She goes to She-Hulk who she asks to stop her if she does something out of control, when a Jess dressed as Jewel crashes into her daughter's room. Pros are how we're never quite exactly sure what's going on. Is this a multiverse? Time travel? Clones? Purple Man's influence? We just don't know. We're just as in the dark as Jess is, and that makes it fun. Again, the art is a true standout. Kudos to this creative team. Cons are the choice to have her attempt to hook out with Matt, right after sending her family away that's a weird decision finally here we have venom number nine eddie makes several discoveries in time i gave this a four out of five kang continues to talk to eddie about himself and how he can traverse time via symbiotes he also talks about how he can't win a war against time probably tipping him off in a very kang way about meridius even when Meridius shows up after Eddie enters the time stream. From here, we learn about the fact that what Eddie has done has directly led to Dylan bonding with the symbiote despite Eddie doing his best to keep his kid safe. He learns that bonding with the symbiote and trusting Archer gets to a point where Dylan is captured. Eddie releases him but only continues to put things on track. Meanwhile, Eddie discovers that he is actually Bedlam in, in the future and that he at least attempts to kill Dylan. pros are how this issue brings the whole story full circle as of now. We don't know where it's going just yet, but the stakes are clear now on a micro and macro level. We don't know what Meridius' goals are, but they definitely aren't good. Also, Kang. Cons are that we get such little time with Dylan, who has an interesting story, but at least in this context, I understand it. Alright, let's get to this weekly ranking. We only have nine books, so we're going to do tiers of three this week. Three at a time. In the one spot, we have Amazing Spider-Man number six, or 900, depending on which you wanted. At number two, we have The Variants number two. At number three, we have Venom number nine. Coming in the middle tier here, at four, we have Detective Comics 1062. At five, we have Strange number four. and six, we have Captain America, Symbol of Truth number three. On the bottom tier, at 7, we have Robin number 16. At number 8, we have Task Force Z number 10. And at 9, we have Action Comics number 1045. As we start to wrap up, if you want to be on the show, hit us up on Twitter at SpiderMike29 or at the Cave. Looking ahead the next week, I'm looking forward to reading from Marvel, Edge of the Spider-Verse number 1, Immortal X-Men number 5, and Moon Knight number 14, of course. On the DC side, I'm looking forward to reading... Batman number 126, Dark Crisis number 3, and DC vs. Vampires number 8. Follow us on all socials YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, all at the Twisted Cape, no spaces, and a link is in the show notes. We do a weekly show on YouTube and we stream on Twitch at least once a week. As far as all the others, if you follow us, we'll follow you in return. If you really like us and our shows, feel free to grab some of our merch from Public, which also has a link in the show notes. Finally, feel free to shoot us some feedback on this show to thetwistedcape at gmail.com and make sure you use the subject line MTS. Thanks for tuning in. So until next time, got her badass kids running around my whole crib like it's Chuck E. Cheese. Stay safe, wear a mask, please get that vaccine, and most importantly, stay twisted. It's stuck. Meanwhile, we learned that toothface toothface the fuck?